0: Welcome to Eastland's podcast, this is episode 5, we're about to welcome a good old friend of mine, Chris Mundy. <laughs> oh God, he's got a beer brewed in Tasmania. There you go, Mundy?
1: Not bad, how are you, Tim?
0: Uh, good, very good, mate, very good. You've worked out how to use this Zoom thing.
1: <laughs> oh, sort of, with a bit of help from my kids.
0: Kids, are
1: they teenagers yet or how old are they? Um, Oh, now you're making me think. Uh, <laughs> sure. Eldest boy, Jack's 15, yep. And wow. my youngest, youngest boy, Henry's 12.
0: Wow, so they are teenagers pretty much.
1: They are teenagers, yeah. Do
0: you remember when we were that age? Can you remember when we were that age, Chris? Oh, I can remember,
1: Tim. And uh, remember. I can
0: remember you were, um, pretty well behaved
1: compared to... Uh, My brother, Nick. <laughs> uh, your brother, Nick. That's exactly right. Uh, I remember clearly a um, little party that Nick organised. Uh, <laughs> your parents' house when your parents... I'm not sure where your parents had gone to. They were away somewhere. Went out for
0: a piss-up somewhere, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, re,
1: I remember a um, coffee table sort of going in slow motion down the stairs uh, and... Uh, Taking a dive uh, through the front windows and then the aftermath. <laughs> I think I was one of the people that uh, sort of sobered up really quickly and um, and sort of suggested people get out of the house after that. <laughs> but can you remember how old
0: you were when that happened?
1: Can you remember how old you were? Oh, I really don't know. Probably not old enough to be uh, drinking, but I think. Most close of to were. it would have been pretty close to
0: eighteen. It was it, it, was, it was
1: pretty close to I think. Hmm. Um, yeah, I still remember the bloke that um, launched the table from the top of the stairs. Uh, Who was that? Shouldn't name names. Aaron Sacco. <laughs> 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 I
0: think Aaron Sacco. Do you ever run into Aaron at all or not?
1: Uh, I haven't seen him for years. Uh, I occasionally run into his brother, Cade.
0: Oh yeah, um, younger brother. Yeah, he's brother, actually. Isn't? Yep. Yeah,
1: younger brother. He's actually mates with one of my neighbours. Right. Yeah. But um, no, uh, Aaron, oh, it'd be probably 10 years since I've run into
0: Aaron. Mm, so, yeah, he knows, well, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I think he, I don't know, rumours, he, he may have five kids. That's the rumour I heard here, but I'm not sure if that's true.
1: Five kids, wow.
0: Maybe that's sort of, that's, that's possibly, but I don't know. That's just,
1: that's a good effort.
0: That is a good effort. I haven't had any kids, but you know, you've, had, you've done well. You've, had, you've got two teenagers, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's it's going way, way back. I mean, you only used to live down the road um, from where I used to live uh, from, I think, the age of 10 to about 21. Um lived in the same street, uh, and just, you know, only about 100, 200 metres down the road. So it wasn't wasn't very far, so it would obviously get up to a bit of mischief from time to time. Um, that was one instance that was quite uh, memorable, I guess, when when Nicholas did the whole that whole thing, and it would have been about when he was fourteen, fifteen, or you know, some ridiculous age like that. And it wasn't, you know, a couple of years later, was, he basically uh, left for the navy, if you remember.
1: Yes, I do remember, and Nick uh, always uh, he was a real salesman, wasn't he? he uh, yeah, he I don't was, know, it's uh,
0: something. When I look at something interesting, um, I did, he, I did. Do a podcast with him about oh, a few days ago. Actually, it was the first time I've let him in the podcast series. and uh, You should see how different he is now compared to how you remember him. Mate, I,
1: I haven't had time to watch the podcast, but I seen the uh, uh, like the the picture of him on, yeah. on the podcast, like the ad for the podcast, and I thought, wow, that does not look like the Nick I remember.
0: <laughs> Definitely not, mate. But he's been like that for probably most of the last decade. He's He's sort of really, um, yeah, he's very, you know, I guess he's become Chinese, I guess you could say. He lives over there, he's been <laughs> over there for 18 years or something since 2002. Wow. He got married to um, Chinese girl girls, had three kids. Um, I think they're about 12, 10, and uh, five, maybe. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's
0: so got three of them on, that are running around, two of them that have been to, to Australia, and the youngest one has been. Um, no, he's, he seems to be going okay. He's always, he has a set of sales and always able to do well for himself and give uh, him, you know, obviously what he's thing over the more recent years running, you know, trying to sort of rub shoulders of anyone famous that comes into the area. So he's, he's pretty close to that Hong Kong-China Shenzhen border. So Shenzhen's like a really big city over in China. Um, yeah. Number of people bigger than any city obviously in Australia. Um, been there probably about three or four times over the years. Um, yeah, no, he's he's doing he's doing okay, and he's obviously got a vested interest in what's been happening, I guess, with coronavirus. And, um, how, how has he found himself with all that rubbish? Yeah, no, I think he's being a. I think it hasn't. Um, well, because he, he's in recruitment, and it's affected that that part of the business, that part of his business dealings a bit. But um, he, uh, you know, he's, he certainly knows. You know, he, he can certainly find his way um, into whatever he needs to find his way into. You know, Nick. Um, yeah. His wife is just a lovely lady, and she works so hard. His wife, um, Wang Lu, she works fucking really hard, like long hours. And they, they used to have nannies and stuff, but I think he's sort of more staying at home quite a bit lately. So um, since coronavirus has sort of hit, but yeah, uh, it's quite interesting over there. And he's he's very smart, and knowledgeable, and he's he's been for a few different religions as well. So I think he's currently he's Mormon. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, he's a I, would, I
1: would I would not have picked that. <laughs> no, he's,
0: he's 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 done the juicing thing and he's done you know he's done, done, a, wow. few, but, um, uh, he's done a few bit of uh, all of that sort of stuff so uh, but you know he's fine I mean he comes back down here this way every couple of years anyway so um, yeah um yeah no but yeah so I wonder okay. if, I what's been happening with you, mate. What's what if, uh it's been a long time since we spoke, a long, 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 long time, a couple of decades.
1: Well, I need, I need to find out what's
0: happening with you too. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. It has been
1: a long time.
0: It has um, been a long time. Um I think I can't remember the last time we spoke, but um oh,
1: be oh, I it'd probably probably be when you've visited Tasmania in the you know, yeah, in quite, the early quite dis- more than a decade
0: ago probably.
1: Yeah, um you know I was um actually intending to get in touch with you last year. I was in Queensland and
0: yeah, It just never happened.
1: We um yeah. spent a um month uh, driving up the east coast of Australia with our caravan uh, last oh, uh winter. Um I'm glad we didn't leave it till this winter. One of those things you put off and put off. Um and uh yeah, if it had been left to this winter it wouldn't have happened, obviously. Mm. Um but uh yeah, we ended up as far north as Yapoon. Yep. Um uh, in Queensland and uh, sorta of had good intentions of driving all the way to Cairns but uh I think all we would have done did you then Yapoon in Queensland. Mm. Yeah. Um I think uh if we had, had driven all the way to Cairns all we would have done is spent a month on the road mm. and not enjoyed it. Uh mm. Was awesome time, but uh, yeah, I wish we had have had another. So, night. you went all
0: the way from up on there. Did you just drive across the um, the, the, the boat and uh, go? Yeah, all just, just jumped on the
1: spirit of Tasmania, and mm. uh, we did uh, Melbourne to Sydney in a day. Um, yep. that was an experience coming into Sydney in the dark towing a caravan. Um, with a GPS, well, at night time it wouldn't be as bad as during the day, I guess, but yeah, but uh, with it with a GPS that was out of date, it sort of sucked. I would have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Um, and uh, then uh, my wife and boys, uh, I found this dingy looking little caravan park. I said, We're stopping here, and uh, all in chorus said, No, we're not. And so we did a few laps of Sydney and found our way to North Narrabeen that night, which was lovely. We stayed there for a couple of nights and then slowed it down and continued up the coast.
0: So, of that trip, what was the highlight of that trip, Mazza?
1: Um, oh, that's hard to say. There was a lot of uh, enjoyable bits. Uh, uh, My uh, fifteen-year-old boy Jack loves to fish. We did an Mm. awesome fishing charter. with a fella in uh Yapoon, which I'd give a plug to, Travis Lacey. Um works for a crowd called Go Fish Charters, I think. Um yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um lots of different family moments along the way.
0: Hard to say. Yeah. Um So the Yipoon, to... so the fishing at the end up at the top there well, as far as which you went was pretty
1: good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um Yapoon, um I'd actually, recommend it as a destination for mm-hmm. someone like myself from Tassie that mm. probably doesn't like to be surrounded by thousands of people. It's been it a little bit soon.
0: left,
1: been a little bit left behind by the tourism scene, I think.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I guess that was the sort of place we were probably looking for towing a caravan up the east coast. Mm. If you want to go to the population centres, you may as well jump on an aeroplane and go there. Mm. I think.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. Fair uh, how long have you had your caravan for?
1: Uh, this particular one, um, couple of years. Yeah, no, not too long. Okay, not too um, long. No, I a it, caravan uh, before
0: that, but yeah. The parents, they did. They retired for probably about the last. They've been retired at least five years. Uh, they got a caravan probably about three or four years ago. About four years ago, four or five, and they did the they went the, did the whole outback thing. They went went to WA and uh, Northern Territory and. Out back everywhere, I guess. So they've done they've yep. done their they've done their dash as far as the grey nomads are concerned, and now they've sort of settled in about an hour drive from here up, up the Sunshine Coast. And they love the Grey Nomad thing or they're done with it now? Well well they might be possibly done with it now. They're both sort of you know uh, mum's, you know, they're sort of in their late sixties, seventies, so um, yeah getting a bit older, so they've done that. They, at least they were able to do that, and uh, they obviously really enjoyed it as, as a way to sort of you know start their retirement. Um, yeah, so that's what they sort of did, and they, as I said, they just bought a unit um, up up at or overlooking the river there. So um,
1: yeah, nice, which
0: was was quite good. I've been in Brisbane since two thousand. It's so about twenty years I've been up here, um, mainly on the north side of Brisbane. So yeah, the first year I think. So most of the most of the time on the north side, Brisbane's a small place, and it is it's teeny tiny. When when you sort of when you've been here as long as twenty years, it's everyone seems to, to know everybody. Um, it's yeah, it's it's small. It, it just seems pretty small, um, even though there are, there's you know, obviously a couple of million people in, in the surrounding areas. But yeah, it just seems like you know everybody really. Um, what's what's it like down there at the moment? Because uh, you're at Sand
1: aren't you you sort of yeah. off rifle range road or whereabouts Yeah I'm a I'm just off a rifle range road. Um we've oh I think gee it'd be we built here probably eighteen years ago. Um so really
0: so pretty early on in the cent, in the century.
1: Yeah, um and uh, it is it's a great place to live. Um if yeah I, I guess uh, I've probably do been doing social isolation for a little while really. Uh, yeah. Not totally. Yeah. How much uh, saying, land have you got? How no. much uh, land have you got there? Uh, eight and a half acres. So mm. we've got a little bit of space around us, enough. Um, and uh, yeah, my wife Nikki uh, is uh, into horses, so mm. she's got a Good. few paddocks for horses. And uh, definitely. Yeah.
0: What's, uh, what's the most number of horses that she's owned in that in that time?
1: Ah oh, no, she's only got the one horse and my. Okay. Uh, Young boy Henry, uh, twelve year old. He's got a, a horse as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it's a dangerous, expensive thing owning too much, ho- too many horses. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen that firsthand. I used to. One of my old girlfriends way back, um, her sister had about fucking twenty miniature horses. <laughs> <They> <laughs> yes. They're all fucking uh, miniature horses. They'd be like one stud and all the rest would be females,
1: you know. They are a uh, gaping black hole of money horses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
0: going to, as an accountant, uh, I'm not going to argue with that one.
1: No, I'm sure you won't argue with that one as an accountant. Uh, they're not a good financial life choice. um, But uh, it's for some strange reason people enjoy them.
0: Um, yeah, for sure, mate. Um, so back in those old days, so you went to Dominic, didn't you? I think remember? I did go to Dominic. Yep. And um, I remember that. And then, um, so Dominic, you went there to year twelve. Or um.
1: That? Yes, I did. I was the last uh, stream of students to uh, actually go. Th- oh, the screen just went sideways. Um, okay. To go through year, go through year twelve.
0: Yep. Um,
1: through Dominic, it then became Guildford Young College. Okay. Um yeah, uh, but uh I don't know, I've got good memories of going to school there. It was a was a good place to go to school, uh
0: really good people.
1: Um. I uh, hmm.
0: was well, one other sort of memory from back in those days, I remember I think you were I'm pretty sure you were there when we um this was, uh, had a bonfire at the Gil Guide camp. you
1: can you remember that? Oh, I might remember uh Being there when we had a bonfire at the girl guide camp and um, got a um, ride home in a paddy wagon. (laughs) I might have been one of the instigators of that, I believe.
0: We used to get those, we used to like go into the the girl guides camp at Arana and we used to, if they had any chocolate biscuits in the fridge, we'd just fucking (laughs) kill them and just help uh, ourselves. Yeah. We'd we'd go and get those light tubes and have sword fights down the beach. (laughs)
1: You could say we were bits of bastards, the kids at the time, and um, if my own kids that did it, I'd kick their ass. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yes, uh, we probably got away with more than we should have uh, when we were younger, Tim.
0: But I mean, at the end of the day, there's a few, Just uh, I guess there's a few instances like that. And, I mean, it was not like we were, we were like, um, like an, it was like an everyday occurrence that we'd be in a paddy wagon. It was probably a once in a lifetime experience for oh, yeah, someone.
1: That's been once in a once-in-a-lifetime experience for me, I'd like to say. But, uh, mm. yeah, um, I guess we can say we've done it once, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, lucky, we, lucky we never made a habit of it. We might have no. turned out to be really different people.
0: <laughs> no, I think well, I mean, what, one, one thing I admired about you, even as a kid, um, I remember you know, you're always a fairly level-headed guy. Always, um, you always had a good nature about you. You you are a you're a very friendly sort of guy. You never sort of try to make any enemies with anybody. In the street. Or, you know you're pretty friendly with everyone from you know Jean Bartram down to the Andrew Trail. To, you know, everybody was, was fairly neighbourly. Uh, I think you used to live next door to Brendan Smith for a, too,
1: for a while. Yeah, I did. I lived next door to Brendan Smith for all the time I lived in Lauderdale. Yeah. Um, no, uh, you've caught up with him of recent years.
0: No, Brendan, me no, I haven't actually. I haven't seen Brendan for a long, long time. Um, But I'm probably his Facebook friend, but I haven't actually seen him face to face. I might try to reach out to him again. um, Yeah, very long
1: time. No, very different. I've bumped into him over the years a couple of times.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, very different individual to uh, I remember uh, as a teenager. Yeah. Um. Yeah. uh, yeah, be very sporty. For a while yeah now he's a well, last time i seen him he was a tattoo artist and, yeah, uh, yeah definitely yeah yeah free t- spirit t- you know, really broken the mold of uh you know the sort of bloke he was as a teenager yeah
0: yeah no yeah they always had the pool next door to you and uh, i remember being in the pool and then they moved up to acton or somewhere i think
1: yeah a, no my, my mum my mum
0: Still lives in that
1: same house in Blue Street there. Mm. yeah, and um, she well. Yeah, that'd be. I, I wouldn't know how long she's lived there now. Um, Dad passed away. I think it was four years ago now. Um, I wondered whether Mum would uh, pack up and move after that, maybe go to Belle Reeve or somewhere. But
0: because uh, mm. you got a you got a sister as well, haven't you?
1: I have Annette. Uh, mm. I've got. I've got three sisters, uh, younger sister Annette and two older sisters, Jillian yeah. and Joanne. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you obviously met my younger sister Annette. You probably yeah. haven't met my old, older sisters. You may have met Jillian. Um, I think I moved to Lauderdale when I was about 12 years old and mm. there, yeah. Yeah. Gillian, my older sister, um, she moved down there. Uh, um but the next oldest one, Joanne, had already moved out of home at that stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: they would obviously you were the third. Opposite. Yes.
1: So uh, well, um but Annette actually lives in Lauderdale still. Um yeah, she's living in a little house almost opposite to where you grew up, um as a child.
0: So on Blue Street, basically. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, so she's actually not far from where mum lives. Just down the road. Yeah, just down the road. No.
0: Mm, that's all interesting no. stuff. So as far as you, do you sort of still into sailing and that sort of thing? At the, I mean, I remember you used um, part of the Yacht Club.
1: Yeah, I have, I've, Yeah. I've been a member of that Yacht Club uh, for too many years now, I suppose. So uh, since I moved to Lauderdale, basically. Um, Three quarters of your life, basically. Yeah. Um, now, uh, we hosted a national title there uh, last year, F18 Catamaran National Titles. Um, I sailed in that one. Um, yeah, I'm still sailing. Um, yeah. No, not a lot's changed in that regard. Um no, kids, no any
0: of the kids like sailing?
1: or well, love fishing. Um, uh, Jack, my eldest boy, uh, he's done a bit of sailing. He's uh, since decided he doesn't want to. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jack just wants to fish 24-7. <laughs> um, and uh, Henry, my youngest boy, he's had a go at sailing, but it's not really his thing. Yeah. No, uh, he's he's into the horse stuff and uh mm. he's uh other uh interests of uh, very good little musician. Um and Who's, who's Henry? Henry, my youngest boy, and yep. uh his uh pride and joy is a old twenty eight Ferguson tractor. <laughs> um loves it. Loves machinery. Mm. Um which is not a bad thing because... I'm a bit that way inclined myself. Mm.
0: So as far as um, you you sort of since your um I guess started adulthood as a career, you sort of uh, what what sort of jobs and stuff have you had? Like, has it always sort of been doing refrigeration mechanics stuff or other stuff as well? Um, I
1: never intended to do that. That sort of found me. Um. I started out doing a um, Bachelor of Science at university. Mm. um, uh, Marine Antarctic and freshwater biology.
0: Yeah, I remember Um, that part of it,
1: yeah. Yeah. uh, I did a couple of years of that. um, And uh, then uh, left that and uh, did a job uh which was never going to last uh working um it, it was a place that sells uh rubber products and hose that's a storeman salesman sort of job and uh as as soon as i got there i knew it was never going to last uh, It it bored me i didn't enjoy it um and uh yeah uh, through a I don't know really how it happened. I th- I think uh, a a cousin of mine suggested I uh, write a letter of interest to a company called Par Air Conditioning. Reckoned I'd be um, good uh, for the role of a, a refrigeration and air conditioning mechanic apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it turns out... Uh, I never got a job at Parr Air Conditioning, but uh, got a job at another crowd called Southern Air, which Parr Air Conditioning had just uh, purchased. Um, And uh, it was probably one of the more fortunate uh, accidents that's happened in my life. Um, It's actually probably a career that fits my uh, skills and interests reasonably well mm. um, and uh, to turns out uh, once you're a refrigeration air conditioning mechanic, you're never going to end up on the dole um, no. you know it's an in demand trade there's always been a skill shortage in that area um, i uh, worked for i've worked for a few different companies um for a while i uh, Left there and went and worked as a TAFE teacher. Um, oh really? teacher okay. Teaching that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, How did that go? Yeah. Um, to tell the truth, uh, the f- it's an it's interesting. Um, it's a bit of a sink or swim experience. Um, you expect you're going into this uh, stable, organised government job, and everything's uh, going to be mapped out for you. Um, You roll up there And uh, without any real teacher training To begin with You start teaching classes It's a bit of a fish out of water experience For the first few months I guess Um, I'd say in the first I did it for three years
0: How long ago was that? How long ago?
1: Oh Gee uh, About 12 or 13 years ago now I was probably fairly young in the role uh, as a tape teacher, um, the first year I'd say I was finding my feet. Um, it was a pretty steep learning curve. Um, the second year, I think I was probably a pretty good teacher, um and the third year, I reckon I was probably a little bit bored, and uh, I was uh, glad to get out of there and uh, go and uh, do my trade again. Uh, yeah um after the third year of teaching the same material i started to think maybe this isn't for me at this age probably something i'd uh, seriously consider doing again in the future if the opportunity arose um and uh, i'm glad i did it it probably uh taught me a hell of a lot more about my trade as well uh, you go back and you teach that stuff you've got to learn it pretty well um, mm. in a big hurry um, yeah so I, d- I don't regret it at all um it was a great experience
0: sounds like
1: it, yeah. yeah um and uh, financially uh though that was probably one of the main one of the other motivations to go and do my trade again um, unlike some trades uh where I think the TAFE teachers, uh, it's you know it's a job till retirement, a job for life, because uh, they're financially rewarded better than they're doing their trade. Refrigeration mechanic job isn't a badly paid trade.
0: It's not um, no, not from. I and I've done, done a lot of tax returns for frig max mechanics, and um, they, they always seem to get the overtime um, rates are quite good. Um, yeah, and the allowances. So yeah, I, I I agree that certainly it's a, it's it's not it's certainly uh, you know fairly well-paying job compared to a lot of other stuff. Um, and
1: uh, it's a you know provided you're not getting. I, I've had jobs where you're getting called at four o'clock in the morning every morning. but mm. The job I've got now is not like that. It uh, allows for a reasonable lifestyle. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, like uh, it, it's actually more lucrative than being a TAFE teacher. Uh, mm. Yeah, which, yeah, for a lot of trades, uh, that's not the case. So, Mm. you know, once people are in that TAFE teaching system, they never want to leave. Mm. Um,
0: I guess one thing that I thought that you might uh, consider as a career, knowing, you know, from your younger days and the way you sort of operate at a sort of intellectual, mechanical building type level... Um, did you ever think about becoming a builder or did you ever sort of go down that path of construction industry no
1: really I mean the the job I've got refrigeration mechanics a bit of a jack-of-all-trades it is Um, I mean I've done everything in this trade from um, I mean the crowd I work for now is uh, Tassie's biggest uh, refrigerated trucking company Mm. I work on refrigerated truck and trailers um and and their cool stores and everything in between um but uh you know it's certainly done lots of construction work as part of my career anyway um okay uh this year we'll be uh probably doing one of the biggest uh refrigeration jobs that happens anywhere in australia or um a big new coal store for um the parent company of the crowd I work for Um, and uh, yeah I mean I built my own house
0: well Um, that's what I mean if you built your own house that's that's you're you're a builder right there aren't you
1: yeah um, no so no I don't know I I guess I never never sort of considered considered being a builder per se but Mm. yes
0: but obviously you've got the,
1: the skills are there though as well yeah, you, that's a fridge mechanic. You're, it's a bit of an unknown. I, I don't think there's ever a kid that says, "When I grow up, I want to be a fridge mechanic." And mm. I'm sure a lot of people think of a fridge mechanic. They think of someone that uh, fixes a few white goods. Yeah, yeah but it's a mm, bit, it's bit of a it's, it's mm. a bit of a cross between a, an electrician, a plumber, a motor mechanic, mm. um, the one, the, uh, and a builder. Yeah, I mean, and the, the job I do is uh, you probably add a diesel feeder in there as well because yep, we're working yep, on... definitely. The, yeah, the truck and trailer stuff. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and the other weird thing that you'd add into my job, I probably wish I'd never introduced it to the company I work for, but um, we do a lot of fiberglassing as well. Um, the um, fibreglass uh, truck bodies, um, they're forever driving forklifts through the sides of those things. <laughs> so that keeps us in a job. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh man. Uh,
1: but uh, no. Uh, so what beach am I looking at in your background? I don't know. It might
0: be Seven Mile Beach. I'm not sure. I think I, I, I could be Seven Mile Beach.
1: Sure. Uh huh. I wondered was it a Tassie beach?
0: But definitely. I think it's Seven Mile from memory. But yeah, had,
1: uh, that that makes sense now. That makes sense to me. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, so obviously they've been, they haven't sort of moved too far, but you've, you've obviously lived in the same area um, for, for quite a while in Sanford. Beautiful place, uh, lots of trees, lots of space, uh, just, just nice, you know, fresh air as well. Beautiful place, um, you know, and not far from, you know, you can drive to Lauderdale in five, 10 minutes, I guess. Um, and uh, Clifton Beach, that's obviously changed a bit over the years um how have you sort of seen your part of the world develop is it what's, what's changed the most i guess in the last 20 years in lauderdale sanford Cromwell, and clifton all that area
1: oh i guess just uh, probably more so it's accelerated in the last uh few years population mm-hmm. growth yeah um for a long time population growth Stagnate, was pretty yeah. pretty pretty static in tasmania mm-hmm. and uh yeah, um, I mean, before this coronavirus stuff, Tassie's economy was probably, uh, as you would know, because I'm sure you keep track of these things as an accountant, was. To go uh, really well. mm. Yeah, it, w- it was probably the envy of Australia in a lot of ways. Well,
0: the, um, yeah, certainly the property uh, prices were going in a really good direction. Um,
1: yeah,
0: uh, provided you on-
1: weren't trying to get into the market for the first time, you wouldn't have said it was a good direction.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but, um, uh, but-
0: was, you know, really affordable at one stage and jumped up quite quickly. Um, yeah, no, certainly sought after and, uh, you know, and obviously they're doing something right there, you know, in, yeah. in, in the sort of, I, the government haven't done a terrible, they've done a pretty good job over the years.
1: I, I think the frightening thing is uh, Tassie had uh, taken a real change of direction and really focused on um, international tourism. um that's yep. the back, backbone of the economy and uh, who knows what's going to happen now in the following few
0: years um, do you think that, i mean do you really you think that right now sort of the last couple of years it's still relying massively heavily on tourism or is there enough going on in other industries in tasmania is it really oh. just a, really is a high percentage of tourism do you think
1: oh i i'm i'm not the right commentator for this stuff <laughs> no, no. but uh, You're i would that yeah. I would say that, uh, it, yeah, I, I've, Tassie's much more focused on tourism than it has been, in it, or, or was before this coronavirus stuff, okay. than any other time I can uh, I can remember in my lifetime. Okay, um, I, you only had to drive around the street, and the amount of hire cars, some of them uh, very frustrating, frustratingly driven by. Uh, Most definitely overseas tourists that didn't know our roads. Winter state tourists. (laughs) Yeah. um, And uh, Mm. I think uh, that possibly over the next few years, we're going to see a bit of a shift back to a focus on primary industry, which Mm. had had really been steered away from in Tassie. It was almost a dirty word. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Watch this space, I guess. Um but uh, I don't know. it's gonna be a long time until uh tourism is the same as it used to be. I'd imagine
0: yeah, I mean one one area that um I've been following very closely for about the last five or so years, and I'm not sure if you're you know, very interested in the place I've been there five times in the last five years, and that's uh Queenstown in New Zealand. I don't know if you've yeah. ever been these have you ever been there No, I've never been there so i'm sure that uh, from what i've been sort of seeing reading about that place um they sort of affect their their inter- their main their main industry is definitely tourism yes. uh and it's a huge part of their their um economy so without uh overseas and interest you know an australian visitors coming across um, it's going to really affect their economy i think probably a lot worse than even tasmania is going to get affected um so it's it's quite yeah, it's quite interesting to see what's going to happen there. I've sort of, I mean, as I said, I go there quite often, and I'm actually investing in some uh, property there, in the currently. So it's it's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, as me and my wife sort of go but go there every year, and uh, obviously looking at uh, sort of uh, spending a lot of time over there. So um, yeah, it's, if you haven't been there, mate, it's a beautiful place. I know you love Tassie, but um, do yourself of favour, take the family over there for a trip, man. It's the adventure capital of the world too. so you've got all the different bungee jumping and uh yeah. lose rides, um, jet boating, uh all the stuff in, in the water, you know, all the stuff going out and you know, seeing different things. Um, uh, uh, you know, racetrack stuff, uh go karts. Yeah. Never ends the episode. Yeah, if you end up wanting a holiday, mate, go over there as well. That's no,
1: that. nice.
0: So if I'm there, come and see me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, so that's what else have I... What uh, else can I sort of talk about? Yeah, one, one of our good friends, Um, I haven't heard from him for a long time, actually, probably seven or eight years. But I think you caught up with him in the last three or four years, sometime. Jim Bartram, when was the last time you oh. him?
1: Gene and I keep in touch uh, quite regularly actually. Um mm. yeah, was the last time keep... you heard from him? I, um probably in a text message this morning.
0: Oh really? Yeah. There you
1: go. Just just fish and bullshit. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh no, uh actually caught up with Gene in person uh last year when I was uh, when we were travelling through the Gold Coast area. Yep. Um yeah, uh, he uh, he come down and found us in our caravan and we went and had a few beers. And uh, yeah, I've kept in touch with Gene over the years. Mm. Um, no, uh, yeah, obviously he's been on the Gold Coast for about the same period of time that you would have been in Brisbane, I'd imagine. I mean, I've seen him probably
0: about half a dozen times in the last 20 years, but it's probably been about the last six or so. I haven't seen him at all, but I hear from him from time to time, but... Uh, I think the last, yeah, I, I sort of saw sort, of, sort of not on Facebook as much anymore. So, no, answers. I don't
1: know whether, don't know whether Jean's even on Facebook
0: is it? Probably not at the moment. No, he used no. to. Be. I remember he used to be. Yeah. I used to text him that way, but, um, but uh, I might um, make sure I've got his right phone number because I've got two phone numbers listed. So I'll, I'll, I'll send you a message off air and, and just make sure which one. Yeah,
1: his right not a problem.
0: number, but um, yeah, I just want to keep in touch with him and haven't seen him for. a least five, six years, I reckon. Yeah. Um, so since the last time I went down there, but uh, and sometimes you hear from him, and, and, but obviously you keep in regular touch with him, which is really, really good. Uh, but he's, he's okay. Everything's going well for him.
1: Yeah, he's had a bit of a change of career probably since last time you spoke to him. Then. What's he uh, doing
0: now? Uh, he's actually
1: working as a painter. Mm. I reckon last time you were talking to him, he was a
0: motor mechanic. there's that in similar careers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. I think uh, he got a bit jacked of the, um, poor remuneration that some motor mechanics get, and mm. went and did another trade. Mm.
0: Um, did he ever? Get, did he ever
1: get married or anything? Did he ever? No, uh, Gene's a single guy. Um, mm. pre, I've caught up with him a couple of times when I've been mm. in Queensland, and mm. he's caught up with me when he's been in Tassie. Um, yep. I think the previous yeah, I think... time I previous time I was in Queensland, he had a um steady girlfriend but yeah mm. last time i was in queensland he was single and uh mm. yeah had a great time though went out on the beers with him and uh mm. yeah uh nikki my wife come and picked us up and um, <laughs> yeah we stirred her up pretty hard in the car on the way back <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it uh, um, no we uh it's uh, always great to catch up with Gene. He hasn't, oh, uh, has hasn't changed a lot since he was no. a
0: young. He I mean, every then. time I, every time yes. I have run into him, and every time I have sort of gone down the Gold Coast and we met up, he hasn't. He seems to be the same sort of person. Let's be honest. He's, so he's the same human
1: being. He's just mellowed mm. a bit with age. I think. That's what I think we all have.
0: I don't think. I think he's always been a fairly mellow sort of guy. To be honest, he's um, always seemed to go with the flow a bit and doesn't take life too seriously.
1: Never took life too seriously. From the the outside,
0: anyway.
1: He probably takes life a bit more seriously than he used to. and uh, Yeah, he was always a bit of a prankster when we were kids, if you remember.
0: Uh, Oh, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, never forget um, him. um, His father used to come home from work at basically the same time every day, and he'd call by the Foreshore Tavern on the way home and have a beer. His dad
0: would? Yeah, 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 his dad
1: would. And uh, he'd come in busting for a pee. Mm. So, uh, Gene, uh, I don't know whether he's seen this on some... I might have seen it on a Simpsons cartoon or something. Probably. Um, but he uh, covered the toilet in glad wrap, took the light bulb out. <laughs> <laughs> and his old boy, come in. We're in the lounge room or something, runs straight into the toilet, to take a pee, and, of course, it all bounces off the glad wrap. Gene! <laughs> Uh, it was hilarious at the time, anyway.
0: I remember that? I remember that old wooden house. That was just a uh, that was like a, a termite's breakfast, wasn't it? <laughs>
1: <That's>, <laughs> uh, cedar house. Um, I think. Uh,
0: I know that's I not know. there anymore. I think it was a different house there, but um, is, is
1: there a different? I don't think there's a different yeah, house. Did, I think it yeah, just no, it's just been renovated, hasn't
0: it? No, they got rid of it. I'm pretty sure it's a completely new house. But oh, there you go. I could be Ash- wrong every, Ash- I do take note every time I used to go down and see my nan and that um, down there. Um, I, yeah, I remember there's definitely a new house yeah, at yeah. some stage in the last fifteen years. You know. um, and,
1: and how's Hillary and Nan going?
0: Yeah, no, Nan. Uh, I've got to. I've got to give her a, a call um, sooner or later. It's been a couple of weeks, a few weeks since I spoke to her. But um, now she's uh, living up the Sunshine Coast uh, as well, so she's probably. My uncle lives up the Sunshine Coast, Uncle Philip, I don't, I don't even know if you get a met Phil, but, um, and my dad lives up in Marichidor. So the dad and Uncle Phil, and they're all sort of within, yeah, um, not very far. So Uncle Phil probably lives less than a kilometre yeah. away from the nursing home. And um, my cousin Tamika, which is Phil's um, daughter, uh, I can walk from her house to the to the um, nursing home. So, and we—that's where we had Christmas Day. Was at her at um, yeah, at uh, Tamika's place. We had uh, Tamika. Tamika um, couldn't have any kids. She adopted a couple. She's got a couple of foster children. But um, yeah, just walking distance from there. And we just—I remember just on Christmas Day, I wheeled um, Nan down to um, back back to the nursing home from where we had, you know, Christmas lunch. Uh, rather than put her in a car, it wasn't worth getting her in the car, you know. It was only a yeah. few hundred metres down the road. Just, we just wheeled her back all the way back to the... I
1: can't, I can't imagine your nan ever needing a wheelchair.
0: It's. Uh... Uh, she never didn't want her, but, you know, once you're she, once she about 90 or something, it's... Yeah, um, I guess
1: she's a pretty old lady now.
0: Yeah, no, but she's she's still sort of with it, to be honest. I'm sure she'd still remember you. And um, uh, she was, you know... She used to, you know, she'd mention you from time to time because you used to be in the, in, in, in the, you know, neighbourhood and that sort of thing, you know, over the, over the last couple of decades, so.
1: Yeah, I often used to drop a feed of fish off to your nan um, over the years. Uh, yeah, uh, um, no, I had a lot of time for your nan. Um,
0: so, th- those, that last time you went out fishing, uh, where, where did you go?
1: Oh, I'd have to kill you if I told you that. I'm <laughs> not going to be, you're <laughs> no, not going to see no, me out there stealing Yeah, you, you won't get GPS waypoints out of me, ever. <laughs> no, uh, uh, we went. Uh, we actually left out of Cremorne um, because at the moment, uh, with the coronavirus restrictions, uh, you're not allowed to tow your boat uh, out of your neighbourhood, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, or certainly not out of your postcode. Um, is Cremorne the, the same postcode as it? I think it is. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I'm only. would uh, be a less than a ten minute drive from Cremorne. Yeah. yeah. Um. And uh, we did what was about a ninety-six nautical mile return trip. Um, down to uh, southeast of Tasman Island, mm. um, which is uh, sort of the southeast corner of. Tasmania I guess mm. um, yeah out into the deep water on the edge of the continental shelf and wow. we're fishing for stripy trumpeter
0: that was that trumpeter you picked up
1: yeah that's striped trumpeter um, mm. yeah no uh,
0: how many did you catch
1: oh there was four of us on board the boat and I think we ended up with 13 fish um, plus a heap of other different bycatch species. Mm. Um, yeah, you're allowed, uh, allowed four of those fish each. Mm. Um, yeah, magnificent fish. Probably the best eating fish uh, in the, the world, I really reckon. Taste,
0: really tasty.
1: Oh, it's beautiful fish, and they're awesome fun to catch. Um, rather difficult things to find at times. Um, yeah, so. Uh, when you're finding them, you keep your GPS waypoints fairly uh, closely guarded. Um, One of those things that uh, until uh, the modern electronics that we take for granted nowadays came along were um, very difficult to find. Uh, But yeah, all those modern electronics have changed things forever, I think.
0: So I remember one of the things I used to do as a kid was I used to go to Bamber Reef and a bit of snorkelling and used to get the abalone. I don't know if you remember those days.
1: Yeah, I remember those days well.
0: Um, is there any abalone still around or not? It all oh,
1: gone? there is. Um, I think you'd be lucky to uh, get a feed of local si- uh, legal size abalone off Bamber Reef now. You might get one or two legal size ones. Um, Climate change has had a part to play in that too. Of course, yeah. Um, Tasmania, uh, from all the science, uh, would suggest that Tasmania is uh, uh, seeing increased uh, effects from global warming compared to a lot of other regions. The the Tasmanian uh, marine environment, um, especially off our east and southeast coasts, um the East Australian current comes a lot further south every year um bringing with it you know a heap of different species uh and um yeah it's looking like that's having a big impact on the abalone industry um it's sort of intriguing from a fishing point of view from obviously I'm yeah. a pretty keen-, keen recreational fisherman mm-hmm. um I mean. Yeah, there's different species turning up here that sort of belong in New South Wales, for example. Um, Yellowtail kingfish, which uh, were pretty well an unheard. They're an unheard sort of game fish to target in Tasmania, even maybe 10, 15 years back. Um, They're a common target species now. Um, Pink snapper, another one that, uh, you know, they're... Pretty much Port Phillip Bay was about the southernmost uh, extent of them. They're another common thing that rolls up in Tasmania now. They're resident populations of them. Um, yeah, things have... Cold old Tasmania, things have really changed. The water's warmer. Um, I've actually, in my time spent out game fishing um, in Tasmania, over last few years, seen a couple of turtles as well. Um, no one thinks of sea turtles uh being spotted in Tasmania, I don't think.
0: There
1: you um, go. Wow. Yeah, so uh yeah, things are changing. Um, but where a new species moves in, um, I guess one moves out, doesn't it? Mm.
0: That's yeah. that's interesting to hear what's sort of going on and how sort of the movement of uh of, of change is happening and how that's affecting what's what's, what's in the ocean that's uh, and and what's yeah. uh, thing new things coming in and, and things going away that's, that's
1: they, re- quite... they reckon it's happening like the, the changes are more noticeable in the ocean than uh on the land mm. um yeah, and certainly from what i've seen uh, you know mucking about on the ocean they certainly seem to be um it's interesting though um the last couple of years have been a bit cooler previous to that the couple of years before that were notably warmer like sea temperatures were warmer and uh, yeah um things were really different but i guess it all goes in swings and roundabouts
0: hmm. so what are, what are the people sort of generally like in tasmania these days Does everyone seems to be fairly friendly is there people sort of get along with one another in your sort of neck of the woods? Um, uh, any, any sort of issues with crime and that sort of thing?
1: People get along, I think. I think the pace of life in Tasmania has probably increased from what you remember it. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think Tasmania's probably compared to, um, obviously, the more populated areas in Australia, it probably still is considered a sleepy little hollow. Yep. But I think things things are slowly coming out of the box here in Tasmania, like that. I don't think it's quite the sleepy little place that you'd remember it as as a kid. I mean, no. I I don't, and I guess that's the pace of change everywhere too. Um, I, I mean, Australia wide now, twenty four hour trading's the way things are, isn't it? Um, The supermarket's open for, uh, you know, most of the night now and, um, Mm. you know, things have changed like that. I remember as a child, uh, my father uh, sort of fussing about needing to get to the service station because he didn't know which one was going to be on roster on the weekend. Well, they're open 24 hours a day now, aren't they? Mm. (sighs) You know, and yes, Tasmania was probably a bit slower to take up those things, but, yeah, I... I think it's caught up in pace now, which is a is a good and a bad thing. I think, depending on which way you look at it, as should know. Um, yeah,
0: once I think pace- it's 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 good to see it the the overall state sort of in, in a way of sort of incline, you know, evolving in up until this point, um, where you know, obviously it was fairly stagnant for a while there too, but it's certainly at least it's not it hasn't gone backwards. It's, I-
1: Going forwards, oh, it is, and I think during the late nineties, Tasmania was a place that uh, young people uh, got to the sort of age of needing employment, and they moved away to the mainland to find a job. And uh, until this coronavirus thing, I think uh, you know there'd been a there'd been a real U-turn there. Things had changed. People were coming to Tasmania looking for jobs. but uh, yeah, so things were a lot more optimistic uh, you know, for our young people. Um, yeah, let's let's hope that uh, it continues that way. I guess.
0: Mm. And what, so what about the north? Do you ever sort of go to the north part of the state much these days? Or do uh, you sort of stick to the south part?
1: No, I do. I travel a lot for my job. And, to the north part of the state. Yeah, and my wife's family actually live in the northwest Tasmania. Yep. So, um, yeah, I do travel to the north part of the state a fair bit. You, um,
0: and what have you seen over there the last uh, two decades? What's, is anything as much change? Is it sort of evolving like, like the Hobart area?
1: Oh, it is. I think it's uh, it's it's been a bit slower to evolve than the Hobart area, maybe the northwest corner of Tasmania. Um, mm. It's interesting to me the... I think the gap's slowly closing, but the, the, for example, the difference in, um, in wages, just between yep. the north-west of, ta- northwest of Tasmania and the southeast of Tasmania. Mm. Um, it's always amazed me that, um, for example, my trade, a refrigeration mm. mechanic, mm. a firm in the northwest of Tasmania would be probably paying three or four dollars an hour less than a firm in Hobart. Mm. Um, you know, and you're only talking of a, a few hundred kilometres away in the same state. Um, I think that gap's closed over the last couple yep. of years, uh, but there still is a gap there. Um, I think part of that's been um, in the sort of the north and northwest of Tasmania. Uh, there's there's been some big industry that at times has struggled and been some sort of mass layoffs of people over the years when companies have folded and so on and uh, in Tasmania uh, sorry in southeast Tasmania it hasn't really been driven by those sort of big players it's been more small industry and the tourism market Mm. yeah I don't know but
0: uh, that's some good some interesting stuff you've told me Chris some really interesting things and certainly learning a bit about what's going on you know, in Tassie, even though the only time I really get to go there over the last two decades is um, you know, catching up with some family, going to funerals and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's interesting to find out actually, actually what's happening there because I haven't really been studying it, um, focusing on what's actually happening there in, in too much detail. So it's it's really good to get, you know, a local insight as to uh, an old friend's insight as, as to what's actually going on there, mate. I guess I'm going to give the leave it over, give it over to you. It must be a few questions you want to ask me. You, your turn to ask me a couple of questions. Oh, well. A couple of two let's or three. See,
1: so, okay, two or three. Well, you're obviously you're an accountant. Mm. Um. So, so you're self-employed now, Tim.
0: Yeah. So the the interesting thing about uh, my place that I work for is that um, I guess I've been working at the same place since May two thousand so that's over twenty years um, as an accountant tax agent Uh, back then I was first pay was like twenty six grand a year I remember Um, was was quite low back you know when I first started out. Um, coming out of uni, so same place for the last twenty years. I bought into the practice um, in 2008, so I became one of the owners in 2008, and uh, we've currently got about fifteen staff, two other directors apart from myself, so three director practice. Um, yeah, so that's that's that that's my career basically, and I've obviously tried to. I guess my way of sort of uh, doing things with my career is getting out there and networking a bit. Uh, most of our you know, new clients come from existing you know, word-of-mouth referrals, that sort of thing. So that's how it generally works. Meet, met so many people over the last 20 years up here, mate. That's why it's such a small place for me.
1: And um, no, it doesn't really surprise me you've been at the same place you started at when you left uni because you're always someone that, had a goal in mind and was very determined. And um, yeah, once you started something, you stuck at it. Um, and definitely. It also doesn't surprise me you're an accountant. Uh, I re- clearly remember
0: your uh,
1: fascination with sports statistics. <laughs> <It's> still,
0: <laughs> still have a fascination <laughs> with statistics a little bit to this day. I've gone through different phases of what you know, different um, things in my life that that I've been, you know, that I'm, that I'm interested in following, you know, from back in the early, you know, back when I was young, it was, you know, it was NBA basketball and I still love NBA basketball. I still follow NBA basketball even to this day. Um, AFL, I've always, you know, always followed the Richmond, the AFL and love how Richmond Tigers been going the last few years.
1: Yeah, well, you'd be a happy, happy punter with the way Richmond have gone the last few
0: years. So, and then the the other thing that's become more of an interest only in the last four or so years is mixed martial arts, and and um, uh, I've that, noticed that, noticed that on your Facebook. So, I'm sort of, I don't I don't miss a show. I don't miss a show of UFC at the moment. If there's a UFC show on a weekend, I'll make sure and watch that on TV, and I even travel to Auckland to watch a show. Wow,
1: <laughs> that that's a pretty brutal thing, mixed mixed martial arts.
0: Oh, it is very much so. I've made a couple of good friends uh, here in Brisbane who have been, I guess the UFC is the is the I guess the global organisation. It's the like the worldwide league or whatever you want to call it. Yes, um, the number one worldwide league. And I've had so two mates who've, who've actually fought in the UFC. Uh, good friends in Brisbane. So um, different weight classes. You know, there's nine different weight classes they have. Um, yes, yeah, so it's been good to to follow their journey over the last three or four years. It's been been something to, to behold, that's for sure. So, you definitely go through different phases, and that's the phase at the moment is mixed martial arts and UFC and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: And um, I I can't imagine you getting in a ring yourself, or am I mistaken there?
0: No, I guess you wouldn't see me fight per se, I don't think. Uh, you wouldn't see me go that far, but I mean, I have done a bit of training here and there, not, you know, yeah. like one of my, as I said, one of those. Um, fighters is now he's got his own he's at his own gym for the last uh 12 months about so 15 20 minute drive um so i can anytime i want to go up and, and train at his gym i can just do that for free anyway so um yeah. and do a bit of jiu jitsu i like jitsu is not bad i don't know if you've ever done any of that sort of stuff but uh yeah. rolling with jiu jitsu but it's, it's a very um it's, it's probably one of the most fascinating martial arts out there is jujitsu um and uh if you, look it up and have a bit of a look but it's it's submission grappling all that sort of stuff so it's, yeah quite interesting. yeah um, so it's a bit more it's not about punching someone in the face and, and trying to beat them it's more of a case of trying to work out how to choke them out or make them tap to a, to a leg break or an arm you know break their arm or something do you ever
1: remember justin reason um fella used to live around the corner from us when we were growing up
0: yeah so i remember um, justin and brendan reason um I think Brennan was my age and I think Justin was 2 years
1: above me. Yeah, Justin a bit older than you um, Justin, older was than
0: of, Justin was more Justin was more the surfer type. Uh, yeah. So uh, what about
1: I, I believe he uh won a Australian Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu championship. Um yeah, You know a that. Pretty able man in that sport.
0: Is that more uh, how, how long ago is
1: that? Uh, it's only in recent years I believe.
0: Because
1: he'd be 40-plus. Yeah, he'd be 40-plus. Yeah, he's a couple of years older than me, I think. Yeah. Could you you're um, about I'm 42.
0: Must
1: yeah, must be
0: 43. I'm,
1: I'm 43, yeah. Yeah.
0: He'd
1: yeah. Be 44, probably. He'd be 44, 45, Justin, yeah. Right. No. Uh, I haven't heard
0: that name for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, he's pretty able in that uh, area, I believe. Um,
0: No, and... You,
1: you still have an interest in American football, Tim?
0: No, I don't actually. I mean, you can't sort That's of follow everything, and yeah, um, yeah, and no, I can't sort of. Uh, I mean, I, I followed NFL when I was more than half my life ago, really, a long, a long, you know, a long, long time ago. I probably followed it only for a couple of years. It's a bit like soccer. I followed it for not not too long a period of time, you know. But so yeah, it, but I remember at one of those pitches actually. There was a picture that i saw i was going through some an old um an old photo some old photos that mum must have saved or, yeah, and, and there's this one photo uh at the front of the place at, at balook street that uh 42 yeah. balook street and in the photo there was this um there was this japanese um student i don't know if I remember japanese students but um there was a photo there's a japanese student and there's and there's chris Uh, There's yourself, there's Jean, there's myself. We're all sort of dressed there, and we've got, and I've got this bloody uh, LA Raiders rubber gridiron ball.
1: I think I dimly remember some Japanese exchange students at your place too. Yeah,
0: they 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 used to come. There would have been at least a few of them. Um, There was definitely a few of those uh, those students over the years, and I mean one one thing. Sorry? did you ever
1: did you ever do the exchange thing and go overseas that's an exchange no that,
0: one thing i do regret in my life, life somewhat is um i won a subject prize at school in year 10 uh for japanese so top of the yeah. class top of clarence high and um i did it for the next couple of years before i started going to uni i obviously excelled and did pretty well year 12 i think year 11 year 12 and then then it basically just, um, I really stopped and, and, did, and focused on business and focused on accounting and, and sort of went down that path. So one of my regrets was taking a little bit was not doing, trying to take that a bit further and see what would happen, you know, yeah. one of those what-if scenarios and went that way instead of that way. Um, and I only went to Japan for the first time ever last year. That was the first time I ever went. And um, first time I've ever been to Tokyo was, was last year. And oddly enough, we were just talking about um, one of the reasons I sort of found an excuse to go over there was one of my um, Vietnamese mates who fought in the UFC uh, had a fight over in <laughs> over in uh, Tokyo. So it was a good excuse to, to see Tokyo for you know just over a year ago, actually.
1: And did your Japanese language skills hold up while you were
0: there? I remembered some of the language skills certainly um, some of it came back to me, but um, no, it was pretty no. it was pretty I'm not guessing you've ever been to Japan but no. um, but uh, it's, no, it, you can remember some stuff you remember, you know when your, your memory retention is probably um, about fifty things like that, so you probably wouldn't get to go to any deeper than that, but to be very good at Japanese. How it used to be back in the day, you know, you'd know probably a thousand things, you
1: know. I think uh, it's 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 a pretty difficult to ask to uh, uh, try and converse with people who are really fluent in their local language and uh, oh, expect yeah. to keep up, isn't it? Uh, I know I did a job uh, a couple of years ago with a uh, it was a Spanish and an Italian fella. Um, Mm. that uh, actually came to Tasmania with this uh, um, particular industrial equipment Mm. Um, they were the experts with the gear Um, both of them spoke fluent English uh, really easy to understand Um, but uh, they could not understand a word I said Uh, they kept telling me to slow down and said I I didn't speak English I spoke (laughs) Tasmanian (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah, it becomes quite noticeable, uh, even if you really, if if you've been taught uh, another language from another language, to actually be fluent with, uh, yeah, the local lingo is probably a big ask, I think, isn't
0: it? It is a big ask, but even you know, twenty years later, I can still understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do. I speak Tasmanian,
0: <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think. I think most people in in Australia should be able to understand one another quite well. Hope you know, within a probably better than different states in America. But you know, yeah, it's,
1: yeah, um, there's there is certainly accents.
0: There is accents. There's A's and there's all that sort of stuff and this and that and different different names for different people. And then it, over the ditch, it's different again. You know, and they've got different accents, yeah. hard, hard to understand. Sucks and you know,
1: Kazi bros.
0: Cousy <laughs> know, bros and fucking, you know, all the different things the bows sound completely
1: different over uh, over there. So so do you reckon um I know it's a totally different Asian nation, but uh do you reckon the uh fact of having exchange students at your house um as a kid uh influenced Nick in uh, moving overseas?
0: I think one of the I'll tell a little story. I remember um so, you know, I could, we could talk for hours on this sort of stuff. But, um, Nick, when I first came up to Brisbane, right? So, this, I think, the year 2000, um, I actually, the first place that I shared a flat with was with my brother, and he was fucking, he was the most disgusting person to ever live and that sort of thing. So, lasted that first year on the South Side, that was it. We'd never lived with everyone, probably every um but i remember sort of in that first year or so it was it was there it was, was some sort of chinese connection and the way i'd even talk to these chinese people it was like you know what the f- is he treating him dumb or what, what's he <laughs> what's, what's he doing like you'd get these chinese people around to, to the house that i had or whatever and they uh, just say you want to go to gold coast you know, all this sort of talk, sort of talk and and, uh, and then it was a little bit, then he moved in, he moved back. My parents moved up in, and they all sort of had a house in 2002, a place called Bridgman Downs. And he actually moved in there for a while, selling cars. He was selling cars. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me? He, he was selling cars and, <laughs> and uh, you know, he used to work at tip-top bakeries and then he was selling cars. He probably wrote a car off or something, but he was good at selling it. Um, you know, he was doing okay. And then for whatever reason, and it just sort of all clicked together, he decided to go over to China. This is in late 2002, so 18 years mm. ago. And he basically um, basically forged a, de- a <laughs> forged a teaching degree. Forged a teaching degree. This does then, not surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> and uh, probably borrowed something of mine. Who fucking knows what he stole? <laughs> Copied out of my stuff uh and then so he went over there and i don't know exactly what sort of basis he'd go to china what sort of visas they had or i, I can't remember two, 2002 different story than now probably but anyway within a year or two he's you know within a year or so he's married to somebody chick over there right? <laughs> um so so yeah that's how he sort of he's always had that sort of fascination and um yeah and then then he sort of moved uh, you know you probably heard of wuhan in the news Oh, I think uh, we've all heard of
1: Wuhan now. So that's that's where his wife
0: came from, Wuhan, okay. And uh, that's where the first place that he was teaching English at I was in Wuhan, okay. uh, in, in that sort of province or whatever. That's. So, and then eventually, after a couple of years, obviously, they move from there into Shenzhen, which is right next door to Hong Kong. So that's where we has been for at least probably the last sixteen or so years, as uh, basically you can just walk over the border from Hong Kong into. Into that part of China, when you used to be able to do it. At the moment, I think I don't think you can. I think you've got to wait two weeks. Go across the border, you're quarantined for two weeks or something. You know. So he hasn't actually, he hasn't been into Hong Kong for since uh, February. So,
1: such a dramatically
0: different place to uh, where he
1: grew up, eh?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And he's so you could just see in that video, he's just so, he's um he's Chinese. (laughs) Chinese. And.
1: um you've got another younger brother haven't you christopher yeah, christopher's he? mar- he's
0: married one child now he lives down the gold coast actually he lives near yep. burleigh down near burleigh uh, not far, yep. not not too far from the beach two dogs in a townhouse it's a bit funny okay but, but two dogs and a little baby that's probably seven or eight months old um, yeah nice so he's um and what's he's, he do uh, for a job he's uh followed his dad's career in a way he sort of worked Still works at the Bendigo Bank. Um, there you go. A, yep. few, a less than about a half an hour drive up the road there. Um, but yeah, he's pretty smart, he switched on, um, completely different to Nick. But um, switched on and certainly, uh, yeah, they're, they're all they're all doing well.
1: No, nice. And um, so, how long have you been married to? Two thousand and
0: thirteen in Vegas. We got got married. I didn't in meet Vegas. I, pretty, I didn't meet her in Vegas, but. Uh, it was... Not a spur-of-the-moment thing in Vegas? No, uh, so I had a long-term relationship for about nine years. Um, that's about 2010. A bit older lady, didn't sort of work out. Um, and then Fiona, met Fiona nine years ago, about nine, just over nine yeah. years ago. In 2011, um, New Zealander, but obviously moved to Australia when she was seven. Um, She's going ah, a, that is, that
1: explains the, uh, Queensland connection, eh?
0: A little bit, yeah. She's yeah. there all the time. Yeah, before she met you, probably been there seven or eight times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just one of those in- instant things, I guess. It was a, I think it was an eHarmony date, um, back back on Mother's Day, two thousand and eleven.
1: There you go.
0: And um, Vegas in February thirteen, I think it was. We went yes. over there. It Was a small. Mum and dad went over. Uh Christopher and Nick were over there. Yep. My um, one of my best mates, Matt, who was the first flatmate I moved into in that fucking shit old place in 2020, he came as well. Um and uh, Fiona's dad and Fiona's mum went as well, and there was just the ten of us, I think. And uh Christopher's current wife was only very new um at that stage, but She's yeah. She obviously married Christopher, but that only been going about six months at that stage. So it was just ten of us, and it was just a just a Vegas wedding, and that was like the honeymoon. Saved a lot of. I think we saved a bit of wedding money that uh, doing it that way. Uh,
1: No, it's not a bad idea to have the wedding and the honeymoon in one. I don't think.
0: Yeah. So that's that was that. Hmm. So probably got one last question. (laughs) If you you (laughs) go for it. Should. No, you've got one last question. Oh, I've got one last question. Ooh. If you want we probably gotta wrap this I up don't. soon.
1: Yeah, I d I don't know. I'm sure as soon as as soon as you wrap it up, I'll think of the question I wanted to ask. Oh, um, so your mum and dad doing well. Um they they live local enough that you uh see them an hour from-
0: about an hour from here now. They used to live a bit closer, but um they were doing the, the caravan thing for a while as I said and- Yeah um they they've bought this um, basically off a plan so it was um, it's a nine story eight or nine story unit complex overlooking the river i've only been there once i have only been in there since easter um so i'm going to go up there next next month obviously to see them again um yeah. but uh yeah it's only an hour it's about an hour drive so
1: and um, um your dad and I noticed i saw saw on Facebook last year maybe you were well into it too into apex
0: yeah, so since two thousand and three I've been part of apex uh three different clubs in brisbane um I me and my wife are in the brisbane city club at the moment yeah your uh, dad
1: was a big contributor at to apex as well wasn't he
0: yeah no definitely is he's, he's still and he's the now he's after the all these years he's Chair, of Oh wow, still the Apex Foundation. So the Apex Foundation, I think he's been part of since about since he was 45, so probably more than 20 years he's been part of the Apex Foundation. That's after he retired an Apexian. So, um, yeah. He's been, which is, you know, looking after all these charities and trusts and, and stuff like that. So yeah, and he's definitely uh, been involved. But I've, you know, I've been involved since 2003. I was pretty young when I first joined Apex. I think um, Sandgate Club. So we used to have state boards. I think I'm, I was the state, Queensland state treasurer twice, the state secretary. Uh, so I've done it, and I've been the club presidents at least four times, I think, you know, as, as, as you do. But our club's fairly small. I think we've only got about 11 members uh, at the moment. So it's a good mix, a uh, good mix of different people. But uh, it's one of those things hard to get members Hard to get membership, but uh, a club can survive on that sort of numbers, but you wouldn't want too many less than 11 people. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, with COVID and all that sort of stuff, it's we've shut down doing that. well, yeah. Haven't done any service work?
1: Oh, uh, the, the corona, yeah, coronavirus thing is going to be devastating
0: for charities, yeah. But I run a golf day every year, I think I ran, I've probably run about a dozen golf days. Um, and that's one thing I have got into. Actually, golf. Um, one thing I've got into over the last decade or so. I enjoy playing golf. So,
1: it's one one thing I could never ever um, seem to get excited about. Um, I've I've tried uh, a couple of times over the years, and it's just never done it for me. But uh, no, uh, it uh, each of their own. It is a very popular thing, isn't it? Um, no, uh, I think the last time um, I played golf, it uh, involved a lot of beer in the golf caddy, and uh, we almost got kicked off the
0: uh, La- the Royal Golf Course in Launceston. <laughs> you want to enjoy it, I mean, you want to have a good time. So, I mean, with the golf days, it's, it is about having a good time. You always get in a group of four and uh, just go and just take the best shot, you know, just sit and take the best shot. Um, drink beer, you know, charity options, um, prizes. Yeah, so it's, it's a fun, those yeah. fun days, And, you know, at the end of the day, the amount of money that I've probably helped raise for charity, probably 100, you know, you're looking at close to 100K over 12 years, you know, so it's, it's good. Yeah, wow. It's good wow. that you, can, you know, donate it to him. Fiona's brother's got MS and um, epilepsy. Uh, all these different charities um, that are out there, Young Care. I not know if you've have you heard of Young Care. I haven't. What do Young Care do? So Young Care is a, um, so I, it's sort of connected a little bit with MS, but it's more of a case of okay, younger people shouldn't be in aged care homes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Young Care is, is building, you know, purpose-built facilities to be able to deal with with the younger
1: generation yeah. that
0: have those sort of immune issues with MS. So we've supported no. that a few times Guide dogs, chemia. yeah. So it's been some good charities that we
1: have supported uh, That's an excellent initiative I know uh, that um, as a kid I uh, always used to go and visit uh, An old lady with my mother That had been uh, in an aged care home Since she was quite a young lady uh, um, Yeah, through uh, health issues And uh, now it is a cruel thing uh, for young people to be in aged care. Um, no,
0: excellent. Mate, I think we might have to just about wrap it up, but it's been so good to catch up with you, mate. It's been great to be able to sit down have a good chat, uh, um, which we haven't had done for so many so many years. No,
1: um, it's,
0: been, it's been good to have I a chat with you, too. It's been it's a, it's a, finding it's a bit of a way um, to sort of have, find out about what people have been up to. So this is the fifth one I've done, uh, fifth episode I've done, I think. And the other four people that I've had on, apart from maybe Daniel, the first episode, the other, everybody else I haven't sort of uh, had as close ties with over the years. Um, Yeah. So it's it's a great way to find out what they've been up to. It's a great thing, you know, if they've had any adversity in their life, you know, what, uh, how they've sort of gone and what's, what's, you know, we haven't, we could have spent 15 minutes talking about music, I'm sure.
1: No, oh, I'm sure, sure we could, um, but, uh, but um, and, uh, while yeah. while I've while I've got you there, we better apologise to the old man for all the grog we drank out of his wonderful spirits cabinet when we were growing it
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Dad. We're really really sorry about that. Um, it's uh, you know, we drank a thousand dollars worth of alcohol out of his cabinet over over you know, three, three or four years or whatever it was. I, th- I
1: think I think um, your younger brother was the main instigator
0: of that I'm sure he was uh, <laughs> I'm sure he was But I've got to, to apologise on his behalf as well but, uh, yeah. that's, Mate, uh, what time do you start work tomorrow?
1: <laughs> oh, um, I work pretty civilised hours uh, Don't start till late 30 in the morning
0: That's pretty good yeah. Good yeah. stuff, man Good stuff uh, great to talk to you, man. I hope to catch talk to you again, uh, not in the not too distant future. Um, I'll, uh, certainly, it's been great. It's been uh, something that uh, happy that we had, you know, had this conversation and been able to catch up. It's uh, out, uh, and it's great, and it's, it's one of those things that I can always look back on and and see what we sort of chatted about. You know, it's great.
1: That's it. And next time you're uh,
0: down this direction, uh, don't be a stranger,
1: Tim. And, uh, no, I won't I'll be a stranger. Be, your direction.
0: No, that's okay. No. That's fine, mate. That's that's what it's all about. So uh, These things, you know, you obviously go through life and uh, you don't see one another for a long time for whatever, however it happens, you know. So it's just really good that so we've had this chance to catch up and this is a good way to do it over over Zoom.
1: Excellent. Uh, good to talk to you, mate.
0: <laughs> okay, mate. No worries. I'll keep in touch messaging you over on uh, Facebook and stuff like that, mate. So no worries. Do mate. that. Catch you, yeah. Tim. See you. Yeah. Bye.